Sorry about that. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing. That's Badass Wood Art and Eastside Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, another live show tonight. Uh, I think we're getting a good groove for Tuesdays. I feel like that kind of has been working a little bit better, though we are a little bit later than we used to be. Uh, back in the day, we did, we did 8 o'clock, and now it's 8.30. So It's all my fault. Hopefully, Coaching uh, football. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we got some night owls out there uh, ready to hang out with us this evening. Uh, throw some questions in the chat. We're going to start off really by just talking about, um, you know, what the title of the show is, and it's should the Vikings, you know, kind of be concerned about the offensive line depth. I think it's – it's one of those things where it's really tough now to address it because we're so far along kind of in the preseason um, in that anybody you kind of would sign off the street, there's kind of a reason they're on the street. But let's just talk about the offensive line as a whole. Um, anybody on, on your radar that is like actually playing well with the second team? I, I'm not so so much concerned with like the tackles on the first team, but everything after that with interior guard play, Garrett Bradbury in, in the one rep that we saw circulating Twitter the other week. Um, what are your overall thoughts on the, on the offensive line? I mean, it's not very positive. I mean, no, even man. with our, even with our starting interior, I mean, obviously another year of continuity might help, but, uh, you know, overall it's just not super exciting, exciting players there at those positions, knowing what we know about, um, you know, how Ingram's played in the preseason thus far, you know, Garrett Bradbury had a little bit of a resurgence last year, but, and then, you know, he had a couple practice reps against uh, the, the really stout uh, Tennessee Titans uh, front on their D line and they pushed him around pretty good. And Ezra Cleveland, I, I think he rated like six or eighth best guard last year overall, but yeah, I, th- I think that was like anchored by a few really, really, really good games, but he had quite a few just like poor outings as well. So he's not the model of consistency, I guess is uh, the issue there. So when, when you look at, you know, just those three alone and, and, and then the depth, that goes behind that. I mean, you know, we saw some good things out of Oli Udo last year at tackle, but again, mm-hmm. he got, he got beat up a little bit this last preseason game. Um, Blake Brandle in spots last year, I thought played really well. Now he's kind of moving all over the line. So not sure what to expect of, of him at guard. Yeah. Uh, Vidarian Lowe is brand new. Now, by all accounts, he's actually played pretty well preseason enough to, you know, maybe kick Brandle inside uh, for those depth purposes. But, and we know what we had in Schlottman last year when he had to come in for Bradbury. It had a lot of us begging for Bradbury to come back, which is <laughs> remarkable considering we all wanted him out in the first place. So it, it's one of those things where the, the depth isn't great. I don't think anyone in the NFL's depth is going to be that great um, at, on the offensive line. Uh, however, when our, we're worried about three of our five starting starting offensive linemen, that's where you know you probably need to probably should have maybe addressed it a bit more in the offseason. Let me pose a question for you: Are you more concerned with Ezra Cleveland or Ed Ingram at this point? Um, from like a from from a play to play basis or a game to game basis, it would be Ed Ingram. Yeah. Um. But he's young, right? Like I, 
you know, I, it it's takes not offensive Drew linemen. Yeah, yeah, he's not Drew Samia, and and he's young, right? So he he's got he's got time to learn and develop and 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 whatnot. Uh, Ezra's in his last year of his deal, uh, unless we want to extend. And um, and so from the long term perspective, right? Like we're gonna probably have to fill that spot either with a lucrative contract, which do we really want to pay for? As I had previously mentioned, an inconsistent player. Or we're going to have to fill that at some point next year. So from a game-to-game basis, so I think Ezra is probably a little bit more reliable than Ed Ingram, but I do think Ed has the skill set to be able to develop and, and grow into that role. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And what's up, Dan? Thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Uh, we're talking offensive line. Clifford, what's up, buddy? Uh, we're talking offensive line and whether or not we should really be concerned about it and I think through the couple, the first couple preseason games, as Ryan kind of alluded, like nobody's depth on the offensive line is really great. In fact, that's probably a weak point in just the NFL as a whole, just offensive line talent. Um, so the fact that we do have like five suitable starting positions across the offensive line is a bonus. And so I don't know. For me, though, what, what concerns me the most is they brought in Dalton Reisner for a specific purpose, right? They, they, something doesn't feel right to them when it comes to the offensive line. Dan wants, <laughs> Dan wants them, uh, the Vikings to hire him to scout linemen. They should have scouted Ryan to be honest, or they should have hired Ryan. If Ryan was the, the GM in what was that? 2019, 2020, 2020, we would have had Creed Humphrey. So we would have, uh, 2021, 2021. Creed Humphrey. I know. I know. There's another guy out there. Um, you know, but like also, I, I have. You know, honestly, Dan has a good track record. Uh, I, I've actually kind of kept tabs on who he likes in the draft each year, and for the most part, the guys that he mentions in our like um, in, in our shows talking about prospects, yeah. they usually have panned out. I I, I believe he was a Frank Ragnow guy. Throw him in the chat, Dan. I'm curious who you uh, yeah. who you had pegged back in the day. He he loved Creed Humphrey as I did. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, so he he's he's hit pretty well. I've actually had quite a few misses um, in, in terms of. I mean, obviously, some of these Oklahoma guys, Drew Samia, Cody Ford, <laughs> um, but you know, there's been other misses as well. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think Dan probably would be better suited for that <laughs> position than me. The Cody Ford one to me back in the day. Uh, well, it just surprises me he really, he didn't pan out as, as well as I thought he would because that Oklahoma offensive line back when he was there was, I mean, it was across the line. I, now, of course, I can't remember all the names on that offensive line. but Cody Ford, Drew Samia, who flamed out um, Creed Humphrey, and then Ben Powers, who just got a pretty decent yes. contract for yes, the, yes. from the Broncos. And it's funny because Drew Samia was supposed to be the stud of that, not Ben Powers. He was kind of the afterthought. Still got drafted, I think, like fourth round. Um, but he did well in Baltimore and then yeah, worked his way into uh, a, a lucrative payday with the Broncos. So, uh, yeah. And then Orlando Brown. Um, yes. uh, with Yeah, so it was a pretty damn good line. <laughs> um, we got a comment from Clifford here. And anyone else, feel free to throw in some questions. Uh, we're just kind of riffing this evening. But is it true that they want to wait until after game one? for Reisner. So none of his contract would be guaranteed. I think was that, that was something last year too. I remember. And I, I, 
shame on me. I can't remember like the intricacies of, of why you would want to wait, but it has to do with being like a vested veteran, right? Yeah. And there's some sort of rule where if you're not on like the opening day roster, any contract given after that is, I mean, yeah, it doesn't it require to be guaranteed or something. Like I'm going to look yeah. quick. Yeah. I forget. I forget what the rule was. Uh, Cause I remember we did this. Uh, I think we did this last year um, where, we were waiting for, you know, cause we knew he wouldn't get picked up on waivers. So we, we cut him last day at camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we, and then we re-signed him um, after, yeah, after the first week or after some sort of period where we would, I can't remember exactly when it was, but yeah. Yeah. Ricky um, Sandberg, Arkansas. Yeah. He, uh, he was, he was, uh, there um i think there were some concerns but yeah i mean we'll see how he does i liked him as well yeah eric mccoy frank ragnow dalton reisner i, I have an, an article here kind of explaining it a little bit more um so it basically just says that in the nfl a player becomes a vested veteran after accruing four seasons of experience and that status comes with a notable benefit. For one, it allows players to avoid the waiver wire prior to the trade deadline. And when a, a vested veteran is cut from January to mid-October, they become free agents immediately. But uh, they also receive the benefit of fully guaranteed salaries if they're on the week one roster on game day. So that must be. So, so yes, that, so that is the rule. This is back from... Actually, last year, because they were talking about the Odell Beckham Jr. situation back then. So, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for the Vikings, you're kind of torn if you want to go and sign Reisner long – well, not even long-term, but just for for this season. Because with so much dead cap coming next year, um, any cap that you have this year to roll over will be helpful – uh, at the same time, right. if you want a, if you want a guy like Dalton Reisner, like I, I'd have to imagine that's, I think our cap space is around ten million right now, and so you're you're looking at four, five remaining the rest of the regular season, and and should something happen, um, you you just want to have that flexibility, or if the of our trade presents itself, um, yeah, much like the I mean, but also like these guys need to understand, like, hey. I mean, they probably do understand, but you know, it's you. If you don't have a contract right now, having a contract is better than not having a contract, even if it's for a little bit lower money than what you deserve. Probably should get. Um, go out there and prove it, and get a bigger payday next year. Because if you just sit out a year, that it's not like that number is going to keep increasing, right? Like you got to right. get on the field and show what you can do. And there's a couple guys out there. I mean, Dalton Reisner is the big one that we've mentioned multiple times. Uh, just given the fact that he actually had a visit, but like mm-hmm. a, a guy, and this isn't like a super sexy name. Some people might not have even heard of this guy, but Chase Rulier, I don't know how to say his last name. Um, he, he's been the center for uh, the Washington commanders for quite a few years now. I think like four or five years, I think he played for them. Um, why wouldn't you have him on roster over like an Austin Schlotman, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> Schlotman's fine, but like, if if you really want like a good quality player, does it be behind Bradbury uh, and who probably can play a bit guard, 
you know, that's another guy that potentially could be a fit. Um, you look at, a, you know, Dalton Reiser, Michael Schofield. I know Miles has been in on him for the last couple of years because I think he was with the Chargers, Chargers a couple of seasons ago and then the Colts. Um, and and I, I believe he's still available. And he had a heck of a year last year. Uh, like yeah. He played pretty well. I mean, not like great, but he played better than Reisner did. And yeah. he kind of fits what this offense is looking to do, who's a little bit more um, – no, granted, he's getting up there in age. I think he's like 32, uh, which is kind of weird saying that, you know, us being in that <laughs> age range. But, um, yeah, he, he's kind of getting up there in age, though, so maybe slowing down a little. But, yeah, I just, you look at guys like that, and it's like, why do we have some of the people we have on roster, in, in my opinion? I also – First off, just the, with the Michael Schofield comment, I don't know if you ever saw Prison Break, but that person's name, like the main character's name, was also Michael Schofield. Oh, really? So that always threw me off. But um, I remember liking him coming out of the draft. Him and Forrest Lamp both had uh, just injury issues, right? Like th- that that was kind of their big thing in, uh, well, I guess it's now technically the Los Angeles Chargers, but the San Diego Chargers. Um, it's yeah. just kind of injury prone. Yeah. So I guess well, yeah. And I don't think Forrest Lamp ever like figured it out either. And didn't they have like Dan Feeney as well? I think he's yeah. just kind of become a, why do we remember well. these names? Cause we all just wanted them back in the day when our space. line was horrible back then still too. So there was a big Dalton Reisner crowd here back in the day, uh, in Vikings world. Yeah, it was a big fight between Reisner or Ford as being like the guys we wanted. And I think there was prior a, to that was Will Hernandez. The Will Hernandez hive, yep, yep. It was actually funny. I was doing a um I was doing like a remock back of uh you know, going dating back to twenty seventeen. I did I did one for twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh when I got to the end of the twenty eighteen like first round Will Hernandez was right there, and it just made me just chuckle. Obviously, <laughs> I didn't take him because he wasn't very good, but um, yeah, it's kind of funny. It is. It is kind of funny to just like go back to those t- those mock drafts and be like, "What the hell were we thinking?" Right. I mean, you just get caught up in the hype, so it is what it is. But uh, um, I think short answer to our our main question of the night is: I think yeah, the Vikings probably should be a little bit apprehensive as they head into the season. And I, I don't think it's, it's lost on Kevin O'Connell or, or Quasey. I think they realize that something has to happen with the offensive line. It's just given the, the time of the year, there just really isn't that, that much they can do other than hope these guys progress. Um, hope they kind of find a groove. You could go and get Dalton Reisner or, or any number of the other people that you listed my guess is they want starting jobs and will they settle for not only less money, but potentially not a starting gig. Right. So then you got a, a a vested veteran has to earn their way on the field. Like they're not going to entertain that. They they're more likely to probably sit and wait until an injury happens. Right. Fine with that team. So, um, we'll get another opportunity to see this offensive line this weekend against the Cardinals. I, I still think Vidarian Lowe has shown some promise. He's not hopefully ever going to see the field with Derisaw ahead of him. Um, but I also liked what I saw from Blake Brandle. Um, I know we talked about it in our, our last episode, just about kind of the studs from 
from last weekend's preseason game versus the Titans. But Blake Brandle was another guy who, you know, he picked up stunts really well. I thought his footwork and just his his point of attack when he, you know, gets out of his block there or, or his stance looked really good. Um, a couple of hiccups, but he's also moving inside to guard. And that's a really difficult transition as well. I, and I think I remember last week he was left guard and then this week he was right guard, if I remember that. And so that, I mean, they're just kind of tossing him all over the line. So that's just, that's, that's difficult for any player, um, let alone Blake Brando, who this is just kind of bouncing inside and out. So um, we kind of touched on it in our other episode, but I want to transition to Lewis scene. Um, a big talking point yesterday. I kind of went on, I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter. I don't want to have to keep going back and forth to Twitter, formerly known as X, so on and so forth. But I made a post yesterday on Twitter, um, kind of talking about, there were some pretty outlandish takes on Lewis scene. Uh, I saw some people go as far as to say that, that they should cut him from the roster. Um, and I just kind of said that the, the Lewis scene slander has to stop through two games, like two preseason games, given everything that he has gone through. I mean, it's the second defensive scheme. And so he essentially missed all of his rookie year. And I think people forget too. last preseason, he was hurt as well. And so he missed a lot of snaps. He didn't play week one, week two and three. He was just trying to get his feet wet in week four. Obviously we know what happened there with the compound fracture. And so maybe you have a different tune to this. Um, Cause I saw some fair arguments though. I don't agree with them on the other side, but people are like, well, as a first round rookie, regardless of injury, he should be competing for these starting jobs and he's being beaten out by Metellus and Cam Bynum. And, and somebody even suggested Theo Jackson is beating him out at this point. Um, but I say what we've seen on tape and his speed and athleticism and his, his read and react ability has been good. So I don't feel like we should give up on him yet, but I mean, do you feel differently? Do you feel like we should be? No, I mean, no it's, it, it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> all right. So he's getting a, a whole lot of reps right now. And why do you think that is? Because he has not played a lot of football in since he's become a pro because yeah. of these injuries, right? So they're giving him every rep possible because he needs to be on the field. I mean, it's kind of like this whole, you know, you know, going a little off topic here, but it's kind of like this whole Trey Lance thing, right? Like Trey Lance has played like zero football since high school, basically. <laughs> and and yeah, he's not gonna get to show his true potential if he's just sitting on the bench and sitting on the bench and continuing to sit on the bench, right? Yeah. So like it, it's the same concept here with seeing like he needs to get out there and reps, whether that's what versus the twos, the threes, whatever it is. Now, sure, yeah, go ahead and cut the guy because he missed one tackle against a very elusive rusher. Like, come on. Like, I've seen Harrison Smith miss tackles too. Should we cut him? Like, yeah, no, and like he. By the way, on that specific play, I went back and watched everything, um, all 22 and whatnot. You could argue, I know, I know that that Lewisine went in, maybe even a little too low on the tackle. Um, but Ivan Pace totally misread the play and kind of got caught up in some blockers and fell. If he reads and reacts accordingly, and, and this is not to crap on 
Ivan Pace. I think he's done a phenomenal job thus far. But if he reads the play correctly and doesn't get, you know, it, caught up in the offensive line there, I mean, he's right there in that gap. And it's him and Scene making the play. And my right. guess is one goes high, one goes low, whatever. But there's two guys there instead of just Lewis Scene trying to make a good play, which he was known for being a hard hitter coming out of college. And so he's going to take those chances and he might miss on some. And it just is what it is. Yeah, a bit of a miscalculation on that tackle going for an ankle tackle versus just trying to wrap up, right? Obviously, he needs to cut that out. I mean, yeah. I'm, I was there, right? Like that happened in the end zone that I sit in. Um, and sure, you, you can probably tell I was not happy. I'm like yelling, like, you know, this is why you're not starting, you know, whatever I said, right? Like I was just I was annoyed. But like when you look at it from like an objective viewpoint, not as just like a pure fan of Vikings football, yeah. that's a tough play for any player to make, let alone, you know, somebody who's just coming back from injury and, and whatnot. Now, yes, he was a first-round rookie or a first-round pick, I should say. So he should be able to make these plays. But like I've said, Harrison Smith's missed that play before. Troy yes. Palomalu missed that play. Ed Reed, like you're not going to be 100%. And we're like amplifying this one play in a preseason game that and, – and again, I said this on last night's show too. And where's the praise for the sack that he got? Where's the praise mm-hmm. for uh, the tackle for loss that he got on a big third down stop? Where is the praise for him basically being in the right spot almost every single time? Like almost every single time he's there. He's not always making the play, but he's oh, almost always, always in the right the spot. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be a mad at a player like – I was watching, I, I coach football and I was watching my son or I was coaching my son's game last night. And there is a play where, you know, one of our, our safety just completely misread the play wide open guy in the corner for a touchdown. They scored right now. It's not like Lewis doing that. He's around the ball. He's making the play. He's not misreading things. He's just yes. got to finish. And again, I, I think this was two games ago. I just remember a specific play where he crashed and uh, who was it? Uh, Charbonnet just bowled him over, but he was there. He made contact. He got knocked over, but Charbonnet only got two more yards because Ivan Pace was there to clean it up because Seen stopped him, right? He, he, he slowed him down significantly. Um, so, like, no, I'm, I'm completely okay with how Seen's played thus, the, thus far in the preseason. I think he's still got a bright future ahead of him. And uh, we'll kind of see what opportunities he gets because I bet, I bet Brian Flores wants to put him on the field because of his play style. There was another play in the in the film that I watched, and I should uh, I should show you the clip I'm talking about. But um, scene is just kind of like looming over a, like a general area. In Malik Willis, he he looked at it like, and he like was ready to throw the ball and he saw Lewis seen kind of creeping in and he made him pull it. Now, granted, he just snuck out of the pocket and scrambled for like a over 10 yard gain, whatever it was, but he's even, and I don't want to put too much praise on Lewis scene. Cause it is preseason. It's against backups like Malik Willis's second, maybe third string on the Titans, but the threat was there for a game that means a lot for these players that, you know, Lewis scene's got this, the closing speed that he didn't, he didn't want to throw that ball. And so yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I kind of hate 
the conversation about his performances thus far, but uh, well, and Clifford, Clifford Clifford's up, right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Clifford brings up a good point. I think the expectations are probably too high and that's why fans are probably. Um, well, and it's not even that they're too bit. high per se. It's just that it's who we got instead of who we could have had. Right. Like we stayed put at, what was it, 14 or 13 or wherever we were last year, and we draft Kyle Hamilton, who played lights out last year and is, by all accounts, supposed to start for – I mean, he made yeah. Chuck Clark expendable, right? So, who in his own right, it's a good safety. We, we're basically saying, hey, we believe Cena is as good as Kyle Hamilton. We're willing to trade back and go get him rather than draft you, Kyle Hamilton. And so, again, it, it – creates that those expectations of like more more or less the comparisons that he has with Hamilton which again isn't necessarily fair especially with the injury uh, yes. that you you know throw that in there but I liked the trade I was one of the few who did I obviously yes we should have got more but we needed picks we needed additional picks we had a lot of work to do and through yeah. that trade we got multiple chances to to swing at some players that, you know, hopefully will pan out. Uh, let me ask you a question. Well, it's twofold here. So one is more like a, just a comment overall. The The situation with us passing on Kyle Hamilton reminds me, because Kyle Hamilton coming out was, I mean, he was touted as in just an unreal safety that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, but it reminds me, and I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this stuff real quick. Um, yes, it reminds me of when the Packers a few years ago, and it's, I guess it's longer than a few, it's 2018, um, traded out of their draft pick when they had a, they had a need at safety, they traded out and passed on Derwin James, who turned out to be just a, a great safety. And then they, they kept rotating. Was that haha Clinton Dixon? Darnell Savage. And Darnell Savage. Guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it it feels very like similar to that almost, but to your point, we needed we needed more picks last year. So the question I was going to post to you though was, let's say the Ravens call you today, and they say, "Hey, sorry about that," uh, and they're not talking about the Kari Vedvik trade; they're talking about uh, <laughs> just the fact that they got that Kyle Hamilton. But they're like, "Hey, sorry you traded out; you didn't get Kyle Hamilton. We'll trade you Kyle Hamilton today." for Lewis seen and Andrew Booth. Do you do it? I mean, probably. I, I mean, in, in yes, because he's <laughs> played really, really well, and the other two haven't, and they've had injury issues and all that, right? Um, Lewis seen's hurt again right now, apparently. So it's like, yes, there, there's some injury issues. So, yes, you're going to take the more stable and high-quality player out of that deal. Um, obviously, they would never do that. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you you give up on these guys. I mean, they're both insanely talented players. They just need to stay healthy and they just need to get more reps. I thought yeah. I think Andrew Booth has progressed well in this preseason thus far. You, He's you still said he had great. a bad play uh in Saturday's game because he missed that open field tackle. I mean, it's not a bad play. You just miss it. He missed an open field tackle against an elusive runner. It's the same thing that Lewis Seen did. Like you're going against yeah. Tajay Spears. He's known for making people miss in, in the open space. And we needed that third down play. Like we needed the stop to stop the drive from continuing. And 
I mean, he was there. He he was yeah. there to make the play. He yeah. you know he slips right off the tackle. They couldn't care, grab that ankle, and uh, and and they get the first. But again, he's there to make the play. He made the right read. You got to finish the play. But at least he's there. And at least and again, the rest of the game, he had a good game. I thought. Yeah, um, I, I do have another comment on that. But I, I see some folks in the chat again. Dustin, Dan, Clifford. Thank you guys for the comments. Anybody else? Feel free to throw some comments, questions in there. Um, and be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, the regular season's around the corner, and we all know that this show gets a little bit wilder when the re- regular season uh, kicks off. So like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, anywhere you get your podcast, share with your friends and family. Um, we would appreciate that here. Um, one last comment on Andrew Booth. The thing that stood out to me the most um, in, in Saturday's game was because he did make a few mistakes just like, coverage wise not that anything was glaring because Malik Willis is a little bit inaccurate and it it just doesn't matter but he was learning from it throughout the game so there was like an example where him and scene weren't quite on the same page of whose responsibility was to cover the 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 deep post and who was to take the underneath crosser Um, they fixed it on the second go round and so it's 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 those little things that you can make a mistake in the NFL as a as a young player but are you learning from those mistakes? And I think that's where we really have to differentiate what's going on uh, with these. Essentially, Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth are, I'm deeming them as another rookie season just because I don't feel like they truly had one last year. Yeah, they're so hurt. And yeah, what I love to hear about them too, from what I've heard all off season is they are in there putting in the work. Yeah. Lewis Seen was there all off season, even when he didn't need to be. And he was putting in the work. Um, Andrew Booth, from what I heard, same thing. Just in there when he didn't need to be training, trying to get better, trying to get healthy, working with the strength and conditioning people, um, and and trying to get stay on the field this year and, and be able to contribute. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, they're both going to it this year, whether it's just special teams or if they get called into action. I, I think they're going to surprise some people this year. Yeah, and we don't see all that stuff either. I think we've we've made points of it on this show, but we only see what what they put on the field, right? But there is so much more that goes into it beyond beyond the scenes. Um, meeting rooms, practice field, working out, diet and nutrition. I don't know if you watched the Johnny Manziel uh, documentary yet on Netflix. Well, but maybe, maybe let's not mention that one and maybe mention the one our player was actually on and watching quarterback. <laughs> well, I, Johnny Manziel is the worst. Well, the reason I, I br- brought up Johnny Manziel is because they they point out a, a a portion where he just he doesn't really follow the nutrition. He doesn't really follow film or or look at film. Um, and so, I saw he, circulating on Twitter he had like zero hours logged on his iPad. Yeah, or his playbook is just like all right. You know the craziest yeah. thing from that Netflix, and I, it's not worth your time to go watch. So. Everybody knows he's kind of a piece of shit and that the documentary didn't make me feel any better about or for him. But um, the crazy thing is, I guess him and his wide receivers before their like draft prep or whatever for the Cleveland Browns, they all went out and partied and got absolutely fucking hammered. And Johnny Manziel's agent was running routes for him for in front of the Browns and the Browns still thought to themselves yeah, let's draft that guy and make him our starting quarterback. They're just idiots. 
absolutely yeah. idiots. And, I mean, they wanted the show that came along with them, you know. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, I, I, I saw you I'm glad they did because I'm sure we would have, and that would have been worse. So, yes, yes, Frozen North Manzel zero minute film review on iPad. Yeah, brutal. Um, Dan brings up a good point. I think our season will be defined by how our defense progresses throughout the year. I totally agree. And, and even probably more specifically, the, the DBs, because they're going to have a lot more pressure than they had last year on them. Last year was much more of a shell. This year, they're going to be asked to play a lot of one-on-one while we bring the house up front. Obviously, we need those guys up front to produce, right? But uh, we are putting some of these guys on islands, and it's, it's a young core. Yeah. Byron Murphy is the leader of that cornerback uh, room, and and then behind him is a bunch of, you know, second year and first year guys. So we'll see how Blackman can hold up. We'll see how Booth and Evans can hold up. Um, and and then on, at the safety group, obviously we have a little bit more senior leadership there, but still quite a bit of responsibility. So um, really excited to see how they progress and and see if they can you know take us from what I think we were thirty first last year, and mm-hmm. hopefully we can get into like that twenty range at worst. Yeah, I think my biggest concern and i i've stated this a hundred times by now but the defensive line really concerns me um just because beyond daniel hunter i guess harrison phillips i I would i would throw him into this mix as well but it's just a bunch of kind of unknowns and i guess the defense in general is a bunch of unknowns and we're just kind of hoping someone steps up like ivan pace has done that thus far but to be honest, that's like the the last spot I wanted someone to step up as linebacker because I did trust Brian Osamoa to kind of take that next step this year. Um, and so I, and I wish... think they will. And you want depth there because of how much they do right. blitz. They're going to rotate more than they would have in previous years. And yeah. we have Marcus Davenport. I think – but again, I think people are oh, uh, overlooking him a little bit because of the half a sack year last year. Again, l- look at the pressures. The pressures were there. And, I'm, I'm and, the year, and the year before that, he had nine sacks. So, like, he's not just, like, some, some guy we overpaid for his potential. I think he has proven to get after the quarterback, and I think he'll continue to do so this year, especially uh, with uh, Daniel Hunter on the other side. I think that gives him a lot of opportunity. I do you remember how many pressures he had last season? I don't off the top of my head. I can probably look it up quick. I I I got it right here. Let me just it's it's just loading, but sure. Yeah, I mean, I know that we were super happy, and I I still am happy with the Marcus Davenport pick or or signing, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I just oh yeah, it's on 2023 right now. I'm just kind of concerned about because he's he's got a a history of injuries, right? Yeah. He had 26 hurries last year, 34 total pressures. Um, and, and he graded out well, both against the pass and run. So yeah, like, I think, I think he's more of a known commodity. It's probably, especially in the, uh, in the NFL circles than maybe because again, if if you have an outside linebacker or edge, who's not consistently getting sacks, it's just not a great look. But when you look at everything that he's doing, I mean, PFF's not going to grade him uh, into the seventies for no reason. Right. So, um, 
and PFF's not the end all be all, but you know, when, when you see a lot of green on there, that's, that's good. So I I'm excited for him. I'm excited for Hunter. Um, yeah. You said Harrison Phillips. I think he getting back to more of that three, four D end um, mm-hmm. position is going to do him well. And then Dean Lowry, ha- I mean, again, he's not sexy, but he's going to be consistent there. I mean, he has been for years with the Packers, Kyra yeah. Tonga is a complete unknown. Like you mentioned, though, our DBs or our corners, I should say, are pretty unknown. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. I see a few new people in the chat, by the way. Frozen North and Newt, welcome to Vikings Happy Hour. I, I, I don't think that I've seen you here before. And if you have been, I, I apologize. But thank you for joining and uh, hopping in the chat here this evening. Dan asked the question, anyone besides Reisner you would like to sign? You know, that's a good question. I mean, probably there, there's definitely going to be names out there right now. There are probably a few and I'm just, you know, off the top of my head, you know, I probably wouldn't mind bringing in another veteran corner, um, yeah. whether, whether they are going to play a lot or not, just having another veteran presence in that room uh, would be, I think, beneficial uh, offensive line help uh, would be great. And then there's going to be people who are cut. There yeah. are going to be up. Op- um, options out there. One that we kind of mentioned yesterday that uh, there potential there's potential there is at running back. Um, you know, we we have Ty Chandler. He's played. Okay, I, I think he's played good, not great in the preseason. And uh, but outside of that, Kenny Wangu is is has been hurt. Still and, nothing. Yeah, not I haven't heard anything on what what it is. Yeah, um, you're memorable to us, Frozen North. And then uh, Dwayne, Dwayne McBride has not really shown much, um, you know, short, short goal line kind of stuff maybe, but outside of that, he just doesn't have much burst. Um, you know, we, we had that, I am forgetting his name, the guy we just signed who actually played pretty well this last week. Um, I forget his name. Dykes, I think. Yeah. Dykes. Yep, Aaron Dykes. Uh, yeah, he played pretty well, but again, he's probably not somebody you want to rely on. So, you know, there are we have sniffed around with a couple names like Kareem Hunt uh, and Mike uh, Davis, Mike Davis, and and there's going to be play. I mean, there's some teams that have serious depth mm-hmm. at the at the running back spot. So one one uh, group that was mentioned was the New York Jets. They're going to have either a boogie Knight or I think it's Donovan is his actual name, Donovan Knight and, or Michael Carter. I think Michael Carter would be a perfect compliment to Alexander Madison. So that's yeah. a name that I would be really excited about. So I think there's definitely some position groups that we need to keep an eye out for during cut down days uh, yeah. and see if we potentially can bring somebody in. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And uh, I think I haven't looked too much into it, but, it's all about connections too, right? So when you think about some of these position groups, um, go look at like who is in charge of that group. So like the running back room, I forget what the coach's name is, but connections to players in the NFL could be a direct correlation to us potentially signing them. When you think about Dalton Reisner in his visit, you know, the offensive line coach here in Minnesota, Chris Cooper, um, coached him in Denver. And so I know we talk about nepotism and all of that stuff in uh, in the NFL, and we don't have it as much anymore with Mike Zimmer gone, but um, it is still a, a, a who you know business. And Oh, for sure. 
I mean, and right. and when you know a system, right, it it makes especially these late editions. Yeah, yeah, these late editions coming in late, it makes that that much simpler. I mean, absolutely. Um, yeah. Clifford asks a question here: of, Do we think that we're going to keep three quarterbacks on the fifty-three? Um, I do, and the main reason why is because they uh, put in a new rule this year where that third quarterback doesn't count against your fifty-three, if I remember that correctly. So you can keep Jaron Hall without subjecting him over to uh, the waiver wire, or you know, and 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 you can keep him there and uh, not have it count against your fifty-three. Yeah, yeah, I I think now that. Um that new rule was kind of instigated with uh, gosh, what was it? The 49ers where you can dress essentially you can dress a third quarterback on game day. It just makes more sense to keep three quarterbacks on roster now because you cannot, the rule says you cannot elevate a quarterback from the practice squad and then activate them on, on game day. At least I think that was kind of the rule. I don't have it in front of me. So um. Yeah, and I actually think the Vikings have a good quarterback room. I, it's it's been a long time that I can feel comfortable saying like, yeah, if Kirk Cousins missed the game, I think Nick Mullins could maybe, you know, find a little bit of luck and 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 win. Now, if Kirk Cousins is out for a long time, then you have to ask yourself: Do you keep playing Nick Mullins, or do you throw Jaron Hall into the fire and see what he's got? <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I, I don't think. I mean, we, I guess we don't know for sure uh, because that was Mike Zimmer's scheme. But, but you know, we, we all had that big fight uh, where we are we going to play, uh, what is that, Oregon State kid? I already drank it, Mannion. Um, or are we going to play Kellen Mond? And obviously, they should have played Kellen Mond. I still, I still believe that they should have. At least we could have known at that point that, eh, let's just cut him. Um, it's like the yes. Joe Webb thing, right? When they just threw Joe Webb in there and see what he's, we'll see what he can do. The Packers yeah. were like, "What is going on?" Clifford, thanks for looking it up or already knowing the rule. So yes, it does count against your fifty-three, but not against your game day actives. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that, but yeah, I still think we keep three. I don't yeah. think you want to subject Jaron Hall to waivers. I mean, I don't think he's a great quarterback by any means, at least at this point, but. You know, we, we subjected Kellen Mond to waivers and he got picked up pretty quickly. And Jaron Hall, I think, has more at least at, at least as good <laughs> as Kellen Mond. So. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the, the quick hitters from practice today. Obviously, it's getting steamy. The Vikings joint practice with the Cardinals is going to kick off tomorrow. Um, they moved it up just due to the heat here in Minnesota. I think today was a nice 97, 97 degrees and you just walk outside and you feel wet. Um, I think I think it felt like 108 at one point just yeah. because of humidity. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I got in my car just to like start it and leave work today, and I was already sweating. It was brutal. Um, but there were some talking points today from practice. So Makai Blackman was back at practice today, which is great news. Um, avoided an, an injury. I'm trying to see the other stuff here. I have it written down in my little notes tab. Um, Asamoa back. I don't think we've really talked about that actually. You know, I was just a little disappointed that he wasn't, he couldn't play last game just because my son, I don't know <laughs> why, but like 
because of my love for him, my son absolutely loves him. My daughters, that's their favorite player now too, I guess. Um, I wore his shirt Z out to the game just because I just, he's, he, he just, I, I don't even care if he ends up being this like great player or anything. He does, his uh, energy is just infectious. I just yeah. love it. Yeah. He just, he, he's somebody you want to win because he's just fun and, and exciting to watch. So, uh, you know, hopefully he get he's healthy. Hopefully he can get back in the swing of things and, and, be able to you know dominate on uh, game days coming up here in a couple weeks yeah one thing we didn't talk about when we previously talked about lewis scene was that he did get hurt in practice yesterday um came up tweaked something people said he limped off into the trainer's room thought i heard uh, groin but i could be wrong yeah um i think i i read that too and he it didn't practice today and so i guess now when you when you think about that, he's not going to play this weekend. Like, there's no way they they throw him out there. Um, they'd probably just play it safe. But that opens the door for Theo Jackson, who people have said have has played well throughout training camp. Um, I doubt the team carries five safeties, but I suppose they could. I mean, we've talked about how they're going to have to make a lot of tough decisions across the roster and we can kind of use this as our last talking point, but what kind of like, what positions are you looking at where you're like, what are you going to do here? Yeah. You know, I, I kind of sent you and miles just kind of like a little mock, uh, 53 man, 53 just man. like off of my, off of my, I don't know, uh, that, that last game. And mm-hmm. I'll see if I can scroll up to it real quick, just to take a look at exactly what I had said, but, you know, I think there's going to be some interesting calls um, at receiver. Yeah. Just because we, we have, you know, obviously we haven't seen Naylor play at all this preseason really. Um, and then Tristan Jackson's shown to play well and other receivers that are more highly touted, um, at least just from draft position perspective, hasn't played as well or has been running wrong routes and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see, like, can Jackson's excitement that he's had, or do we only carry five, right? So there's that perspective as well. But, like, can Jackson's, like, momentum that he's had a pretty solid preseason um, trump that draft capital, right? Um, so so that should be interesting. Uh, the D line, I think it's going to be kind of interesting that all that interior, just because there's a bunch of names and we'll see who can make it through. Like old man Sheldon day actually has given (laughs) us some juice on that D line from the last game. And, you know, does that hurt the chances of like, uh, uh Otemu, right who's a draft pick so i i wouldn't assume it is but you know does that hurt his chances or like jonathan bullard i hadn't heard much about him this preseason so can some of the you know potentially lose a spot there linebacker again should be interesting who gets that like fourth linebacker mm-hmm. spot we i think three of them are locked in but you know we brought in troy reader we have troy die who had the big interception so that that'll be a look there um the back end of that cb room uh and yeah. then like you had mentioned safety theo jackson has been playing well we we have a draft pick in jay ward um so what do we do there so it, sh- it should be interesting there's going to be a few different battles there yeah and we're going to break that kind of down next week Maybe we'll do it on the Tuesday live show. Um, just go and give a little 
breakdown of, of who we think is going to make the 53. I don't think – when is cut day? Cut down day uh, for the NFL. I forget. I forget the specific day. Oh, it's, it, it is next Tuesday, actually. So we'll have to do it before then. <laughs> yeah, maybe a Monday uh, show. Next, yeah, maybe we go live Monday uh, and, and and do that. But yeah, we'll do a we'll do a little breakdown on on who we think is going to be. And we know that we won't be a hundred percent because what's going to end up happening is we might have gotten almost everything correct, and then uh, somebody somebody from another team is going to cut somebody that we like, and we're going to add him, and then that's going to take. You speak a spot for yourself, man. I'm going to get a hundred percent. You're gonna you're gonna go project uh, predict who's going to get cut from other teams and who we're going to sign from those cuts. Absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put in all the work this weekend and make sure I have it. Give me those lotto numbers while you're at it. By the way, I, yeah, I'd appreciate those ones too. We'll just call up uh, Josh Metellus. He'll t- he'll let us know, right? He knows yes. he knows what's going on inside the building. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll do that early next week. Um, we'll also probably do a preview or or who to watch this weekend in the Cardinals Vikings final preseason game. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I have. If you're still here watching with us, um, again, make sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, to the podcast. Uh, Tell your friends and family um, before we get ramped up here for the regular season. Um, For everybody that joined us in the chat tonight, Frozen North, Newt, Clifford, Dan, Dustin was in there. Um, We appreciate your comments. Uh, We just love talking ball with each other, but having your guys' comments in there as well is always fun. So uh, we appreciate that. So for myself and Ryan, That's it, everybody. Have a good Tuesday night and Skull Vikings.